Well, again, good morning and welcome, and you can tell what today's about. Um, first of all, though, I do want to mention that uh, Jeff and his wife, Deneen, moved here about a year and a half ago from Knoxville, Tennessee, and Jeff took over as the director of the Harborside Chapel. So Jeff and I and Danita and Deneen, we've all known each other, believe it or not, for over 40 years. Danita and Deneen have been best friends since the eighth grade. They were 12 years old. Uh, in South Knoxville, and Jeff and I got thrown into this. Thank goodness we like each other, but um, we, we've been a part of this. So welcome, and we're glad that you're here, and we're going to share some things today. Thank you, Kurt. I wanted to also start and say thank you from Deneen and I for allowing us to be here. Thanks for coming and praying and giving and allowing the chapel to be a reality, and we're blessed because of your faithfulness. So thanks for letting us be the hands and feet and this morning the mouthpiece. Um, Kurt and Danita, it's fitting that last Thursday you celebrated an anniversary. Yes. Can you tell everyone how long you have been married? I don't August know. August the 4th, you don't know. <laughs> August the 4th, uh, 38 years of marriage. Thank you. Danine and I were there. Kurt was grinning from ear to ear. <laughs> Kurt, um, why did you decide to get married 38 years ago to Danita? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, she was 20. I was 23. I, I, I don't think we got married for the exact right reasons. I don't think we knew what the right biblical reasons were. We just wanted to be together. She's hot. What's in this for me? That's probably why I got married. And that's not really the right reason to get married, but I'm just being straight up with you on that. So looking back 38 years, were you prepared for marriage? No, we were not prepared. We had parents who had modeled it for us and did a tremendous job with that, godly parents. But I would say we had one course in college. It was a marriage and family psychology course, and that was it. No more, I mean, no more mentoring to prepare us. When couples get married at Harborside, they take a preparing and rich assessment. Mm -hmm. We look at their personality differences, and then we'll tailor questions to that couple. The mentors will then ask them. The goal is helping them recognize their differences even embrace their differences, but also work through their differences. Mm -hmm. When the two of you think about your differences, and you guys are both good communicators, has it been smooth and easy working through your differences? <laughs> well, I would say we do communicate very well. I, I would say our differences have um, created some a lot of chemistry between us, but it has also ignited a lot of combustion between us. And yeah, we communicate well, but it's been a challenge. We are two very different people. Yeah. Uh, we took a personality profile test with Dr. Uh, John Trent. John Trent, and he looked at our results, and he looked at me, and he said, boy, do you need her, and it wasn't a compliment. <laughs> and, and so we're, we're very, very different people. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think God created marriage? Yeah, I, I, think, I think that's the part that, I wish I would have known at 23 years of age, and I wish I would have known as I was a pastor for 16 years in Memphis, and this is the 18th year here. I wish I would have known that. I didn't get it. I, I didn't get the fact that there is a reason why God created marriage, and, and that's really why I think so many marriages fail, 
I've never married a couple yet who wasn't in love, by the way. Hmm. Every couple's been in love. And I've probably married 600 couples in 40 years. Every one has been in love. So what's the difference? Um, they were not prepared. They did not have the, the skills to, to be able to do this. So I, 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 you know, I think a lot of this has been the fact that there's been a lot of skill development that we didn't understand. Right. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. So I think what we've done is we've, we've decided to create a list of some, some problems, right, that we've yeah. seen in marriage. And if they could put that on, on the screen now for us, we can just kind of run through those behind me. Yeah. So we've come up with a list that throughout the years that we've kind of, we've kind of seen surface. Selfishness, consumer mentality, communication, anger, abusiveness, speech, bitterness, lack of forgiveness, sexual immorality, heart issues, alcohol, drug abuse, competition instead of cooperation. Financial irresponsibility, mismanagement of time, wrong expectations and goals, lack of understanding God's plan for marriage. And these are just some of the big ones, wouldn't you say? Yeah, there's a lot of challenges uh, in marriage. But, Jeff, I want to come back to what you were asking me. You were asking me about marriages failing, and you just listed a bunch of, a bunch of reasons. Mm -hmm. um, when, when Tom Goodlett and I were working on this material, we realized there was hundreds of pieces of material on how to do marriage. But we did not find material on why God created marriage. Now, I, thought, I found that fascinating. There was hundreds of pieces of material on how to fight fair, how to do a budget, uh, how to get along with in-laws, how to try, you know, all the things, but, but there wasn't the big why. And so we came up with five C's called the big why. And I want to put that, that slide on the back for us now. And they all come from the book of Genesis. And Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2 all have these five C's. And so if you don't know why God created marriage, then you kind of get married for yourself. And that's why marriages fail. Mm -hmm. Marriages fail because you get married basically for the wrong reason or you don't understand why God created marriage. So there's absolutely nothing wrong with being single in fact, singles have a different lane, have different options, have different opportunities. Singles have more disposable income usually, they have more disposable time, and not everybody is to get married. But if you're married, God says, here's why. There's companionship. God says, why? Because I want you two to connect. God says, why you want to get married? Because you learn to complement each other. And it's not like, oh, I like your earrings. This is your weaknesses and my weaknesses. We learn to complement. But, but children, again, children are for within the confines of marriage. But it's that last one I want to talk about for just a minute, and that's contribute. Mm. See, the reason God created marriage was for Adam and Eve to contribute. Think about the job description. They were to rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over all the creatures that crawled along the ground. Adam and Eve had a job description. Together, they could make a bigger product. Together, they would make a better product. Adam alone could not manage the garden. Adam alone could not fulfill the job description. So I didn't understand that. We got married basically probably for all the wrong reasons. We got married like everybody else does. What's in this for us versus what in the world does God have in store for us? Hmm. Going along that lines. Why then did Harborside 
decide to build a chapel, a separate wedding chapel. So the chapel became a tool, and the chapel would be something that was drop-dead gorgeous that would attract the eyes of every unchurched bride, even if she didn't believe in Jesus. And so our goal then was to build something so beautiful that people would want to come and be a part of this. And so here's what you did. You supported this, and we raised $3 million. It's debt-free. And so you gave, uh, we built a drop-dead gorgeous wedding chapel so that we could attract the eyes and, and, the, and the ears and the minds of these couples that wanted to do a wedding. But they didn't have a clue we had much more in store for them than just a wedding. Tell us the process for equipping couples getting married. Yeah, so couples that get married in our chapel, and it is mandatory, by the way, they must go through our mentoring process. You see, we're not a wedding venue. We're not a wedding hall. Yes, we do a lot of weddings, but we don't just do weddings. And so if somebody doesn't want to go through our marriage equipping, they can go get married somewhere else. We're not in this to marry as many people as we can. We're in this to equip as many people as we possibly can. So our vision for a wedding chapel is different than every other venue that's around here in our community. Our goal is to equip people for marriage. Our goal is to change the trajectory of marriage in the state of Florida. We had no idea we would be mentoring people all over the world. And so this is why, with your help and your support, your financial support, we continue to mentor couples who don't even live here. We mentor couples who don't even get married here. But session one, that's the ordained pastors, and there's 10 of us. There's 10 ordained pastors. Session one, we do the big why. And we always start with the big why because we, we, we just, we didn't get this. And so here, here's, here's the genesis of this. Here's the backstory. Denise and I have been married about 15 years, and I came home one evening, and I said to Danita, Danita, we're not very good at this. This whole marriage thing, I mean, we, we sh we're like professional Christians. We should be really good at this, and we're not very good at this. And I realized that it wasn't a love issue. I realized it was a skill issue. And so we began thinking about what are the skills that are necessary. So, but, so Jeff, the pastors do session one, but then the marriage mentors do all the other sessions. The mentors are the heroes. The mentors get messy. The mentors get into people's lives and help them with their issues, their family backgrounds, their challenges. And so it's absolutely man mandatory, and it's okay if people don't want to go through it. They can get married somewhere else. We do now almost 200 weddings a year at the chapel. So it's not like we're not busy. But our goal is not to be a wedding venue. We're not trying to make money. We're not trying to lose money. And because of your generosity even with some things, we're able to do some things for couples that I can't talk about or will become an ATM machine and everybody will want that. But we're able to help people because of your generosity. So you don't ever see changing mentoring being mandatory. It's, it's, it's a flag in the ground. It's the reason why we did what we did. So I, I guess, I, yeah, you can, you can clap about that. That's, it's who we are. So I, 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 but, but again, I want to tell you, our volunteers and our marriage mentors, they crush the weddings. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I have nothing to do with that, so I can brag about that. They absolutely put on, perform 
an amazing, look, the reviews are off the, off the chart. But that's not the genesis of, of the story. It's about mentoring. And the sauce, again, is equipping people for marriage. Let, let's be honest. Nobody gets married who's not in love. Well, I'm going to get married today, but probably not going to work out. No, nobody does that. <laughs> right? Nobody does that. People get married because they're in love. Being in love is not the issue. I, I don't think it is. All right, Jeff, that's enough questions for us. You're putting me on the hot seat. I want to ask you some questions. How did you get here? Tell us a little bit about your story. How did you and Deneen meet? And I know you've not always been a minister. You've been in engineering for most of your life. I have. We will celebrate our 38th anniversary in September. And you guys were at our first wedding. So we're just a little behind you in experience. They're kind of our marriage mentors. Um, Kurt mentioned that our, all of our adult kids and their our two daughters' husbands and their grandkids are all here in Safety Harbor. Uh, Deneen and I met while at University of Tennessee. We were both volunteers in a high school youth ministry called Young Life. I was not raised in a Christian home and had an encounter with Christ through the Young Life ministry while at Frontier Ranch in Colorado. Deneen, on the other hand, was raised in a Christian family. She had an encounter with Christ when she was six years old. She prayed a prayer of salvation and got baptized. So we, we came from, from different extremes. Uh, we met in school. We got engaged and married and finished school and married student housing. You mentioned I was a civil engineer. I really never practiced engineering. I went to work for a heavy industrial contractor um, that put up wind turbines and moved heavy stuff. So before coming to Harborside, Deneen and I had not been in a full-time ministry. But that was one of her prayers. It was. She started praying about four years ago, God, do you have something that we could do together? You had mentioned contribute. We had done small groups or connect groups since we had been married. In the last several years, she had done women's groups and I had done men's groups. So we're kind of going parallel paths. We weren't necessarily connecting or contributing. That was her prayer. God, do you have something that we can do together? I had prayed about the same time, God, this is getting weary. I'm restless. Do you have anything else for me? I can stay and finish if this is what you have for me, but do you have anything else for me? We didn't know that the answer to our prayers was why we're sitting here this morning. We were caught off guard and quite surprised. So very grateful. You guys um, answered the call, and now you're not doing, she's not doing women's groups, you're not doing men's groups, now you're doing ministry together on marriage, and you've been, you've been traveling and had branches all over our country, so you were home, but you weren't home every night, but now you're doing ministry together 24-7. We What's are. that been like? Any, any stress? Any arguments? Let's get real here. Let's just get real. Let's, we want to hear the good stuff, right? Come on. But, but it's, it's got to be because you're trying to figure out how to do life together in a different way. We are. I'd like to say it's been easy. It's been perfect. Um, but it hasn't. We have had more conflict in the last year than we've probably had in the last five years. Yeah. We would not have anticipated that in an answer to God's prayer. Uh, but it has been good. Um, we, we have learned a lot through mentoring. Tom and Carol trained us. So grateful for them. They've trained most of the mentors in our church. Um, But one of the things that Tom said in mentoring is marriages don't just get better with time. They get better when you work on them. And and we discovered in mentoring, like all the other couples that we mentor and our mentors, we have strengths and we have 
growth areas. Mm-hmm. Um, what's been the greatest challenge? What, what's been the greatest obstacle, do you think, in your marriage? <sighs> Overcoming our selfishness. Loving each other like God commands is work, and it takes a big commitment. So having to work mm-hmm. through our selfishness. Yeah. What about, the, I appreciate you being honest, because everybody in the room realizes it's true. Everybody who's married struggles with that. Um, what about the greatest blessings, though? What are some of the greatest blessings that you've observed? Yeah, God has been so kind to us in our marriage. I don't think we had as much experience or preparation in marriage as you guys did. Um, and as we have worked to grow as a couple, sometimes um, good, sometimes um, difficult outcomes, God has never deserted us. He has been faithful. Uh, he has been patient, and he has been loving. We see that as a blessing. In the process of growing as a couple, God blessed us with Christian friends. We've known you guys for 40 years. We have Christian friends like the Parkers, like others that we've grown up with. They pray with us. They pray for us. They encourage us. They have hard conversations. They hold us accountable. God used Christian community to help us grow up our marriage and grow our family. Um, We are aligned spiritually. While we have plenty of disagreements On faith issues, we're aligned most of the time. Um, God has blessed us with security in our marriage. What I mean by that is the first year and a half, we did struggle. We probably argued and said, well, maybe this isn't going to work, or maybe maybe we should quit. We stopped that after a year and a half. And instead, we said, this is it. There is no out. Stop arguing, thinking there's an exit. There is none. We said for better, for worse. I don't think we learned that. I really think that was a gift from God. Mm -hmm. We didn't learn it from our parents. Mm -hmm. And we encourage couples to give each other the gift of security. Stay committed. Yeah, that's really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anything else you want to share about your life or your family or your marriage? Um, I'd say again to the congregation at Harborside, thank you. Um, when you find your sweet spot as a couple, and, and that is mentoring for Deneen and I, it doesn't really feel like work. Um, it's not something we have to do. It's something that we get to do. I mean, there's obstacles, there's hardships, but when we mentor and we get to share with couples or we get to work with couples that are doing the same, it feels like a privilege. It doesn't feel like work. We see God's favor in that. So, guys... I'm going to put you back in the hot seat. (laughs) God says through Paul in Scripture, husbands love your wives as Christ loves the church. Kurt, has that been intimidating for you? It's it's terribly intimidating. Um, You're intimidating to begin with, but that Scripture is is incredibly intimidating um, because how in the world can anybody love someone like Jesus did? Jesus loved the church when the church was unlovely, Jesus died for the church when the church was at enmity. So, yeah, I, I, what I've learned is that's the target, and I can't dumb it down. Mm. I, I cannot dumb down Scripture. Anytime anybody dumbs down the Word of God, you, you, you're in trouble. So even though I can't live up to it, I have to ask the Holy Spirit to help get me there. And that's the, that's the, that's the sweet spot of that, too is that God's Spirit will help me to love you as Christ loved the church. But yes, it's a terribly intimidating verse. Danita, a similar question along those lines. Paul also writes, wives, see to it that you show respect. Has that been intimidating for you? 
I would say that, yeah, at times it's been very, it's been very challenging. But like Kurt just mentioned, just the knowing that apart from the Holy Spirit, it's, it's not possible to do this. I remember probably along year 20, 25, God was so good to me and sent me an older, wiser mentor in, in my life from Atlanta. And she used to say to me, Danita, when you look at your husband, when you look at him, and, and you know he's, God's calling you to respect him. And there are days when it's really easy to respect, right, ladies? And there are other days where it's not so easy to respect. But when he's asking you to do this, I want you to look at him. But I also want you to, to see over his right shoulder Jesus' face. She said, just imagine Jesus is standing there when you're about to say something that's not respectful. And... And that was so helpful for me, Jeff, because I look at him and I envision Jesus and my love for Jesus and him encouraging me to respect my husband on all days. Yeah, I try. <laughs> Let me dig in a little deeper. Okay. <laughs> Have you ever had a barren or a dead sea time in your marriage? Yeah, I think that I can answer that. Um, I would say that Yes, we have had seasons that have been barren, been like a wilderness or a desert. Um, Dead Sea, I I don't think I'm going to say it was ever Dead Sea. We've been to the Dead Sea twice and floated in the Dead Sea. You tried to drown me in the Dead Sea. (laughs) She really did. She wanted to see if it was possible. You float in the Dead Sea, and she tried to push me under. I wanted to see how buoyant he would be, but (laughs) no... There's no life there. There's absolutely no life. So I don't think our marriage has been that, but I do say that there have been times when, when it has been challenging and there, it's been a, kind of a hard time. I can give you an example of that, Jeff. Um, back several years ago, we were in a season that was not so easy, was not great. And, and how would you describe that season? What would you have said about it? Well, that was a good way to put me on the spot. Um, <laughs> I, I, we were in Memphis, and we were building new buildings, and we were expanding, and I was, as a younger pastor, really not equipped spiritually for where I needed to be. I, need, I didn't have the spiritual maturity to let go and let God. Mm. And I was out, I remember one time, 38 nights in a row, I was gone in people's homes, raising resources for a brand new worship center and and brand new buildings. And um, I just totally took all that on myself. And I didn't trust the Lord like I could have or should have. And it was a, and so I'm sure I brought that home. Brought it home. He was stressed to say the least and brought that stress into our home, our family. And so I I was really feeling that. And, And I know you're all familiar with the fight or flight response, right? When we perceive stressful situations, and so my natural tendency is just to fly, just to get out of here. Like, let's just, I'm just going to go. Divorce was not an option. We decided that from day one. You did say murder was an murder option. Murder was an option, yeah. But <laughs> she did say that. But the flight response was pretty strong in my life at time, during this time. And I can remember taking a walk um, one day and just thinking, Lord, I just got to get out of here. I didn't know where I was going, how far I was going, what I, you know, how, when I'd come back. But I kept saying to God, like, do you see? Can you relate to me? Do you say that today even? Do you see what's going on? This is challenging. This is, this is a hard season. 
And the next day happened to be a Sunday, so I got myself ready, got the three kids ready, got in the minivan, went to church, and <clears throat> went into the church, and I'm, I'm smiling, and, and, and inside, though, there's just this inner turmoil, even as I greeted people, you know, trying to be happy, encouraging. And this lady walked up to me, and, whom I did not know. I'd seen her at our church, but I did not know her personally, and she said, you know, I really need to tell you the dream that I had about you last night. Said, okay, what, what did you dream? She said, I dreamed that you were dressed in yellow and that you were kind of like a butterfly. She said, and you kept saying, I just want to fly away. I just want to fly away. And I stopped. I thought, okay, God, I removed myself pretty quickly. And I went into a classroom and I said, God, you're showing me. You see. You are El Roy, the God who sees. You know exactly how I'm feeling, exactly what's going on in my life. Now, he probably won't come to you in that same manner, but he wants to show you in your marriage. I know where you are. I know how you're feeling. I know how I want to move in and, and work in your life. So, yeah, Jeff, that there have been times where been kind of tough, but God has shown up over and over. I appreciate your candor. Mm-hmm. I'm going to dig just a little bit more. Okay. Are you um, sure? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ha- have either of you ever in your mind quit the marriage? No. I, I, I would say fly away, yes, but quit, no. We were, we were in for it. The no, no. It, 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 those... Uh, Middle years were not fun, but I wouldn't say we were going to quit ever. No. So you've seen that hardships and adversity are inevitable. Have you seen good come out of the hardships and the adversity in your relationship? Yeah, and that's how I would love to encourage everyone that's married or wants to be married or just single today. I know you can look at individual things that have happened in your lives and you think, how can that be good? How can that one incident be good? But as we look at Romans 8, 28, if we can see this on the screen, and we know that in all things, it does not say in one thing. It says in all things. So the the mountains, the valleys, the deserts, the wilderness that you may feel in life, he causes this plus this plus this plus this and this all of these things to work together for good of those who love him and who are called according to his purposes. What would you say has kept your marriage together? Well, you want me to answer that one as well? Okay. So I would say absolutely hands down um, prayer in marriage. And let me tell you why. Because in Jeremiah 1, he says to us, and he's speaking to us this today, that I am watching my word to perform it. And he says also in the book of Isaiah, in chapter 55, he says, my word will not return to me void. It's his word that will not return to me void. So when I pray his word over Kurt and over myself or over our marriage, I have a 100% guaranteed return on my investment. That's 100%. So God has assured me when I use his word and I pray that he will respond. And there's no other person 
um, outside of me because we are one, that stands in a stronger position to pray for my husband than me. So it's a powerful thing. And I just want to speak to um, the ladies out there today. If you want to get started with this and you don't know how to gather all these scriptures, I can get you scriptures from the top of his head to the bottom of his toes. And uh, I'll get that for you. Just leave your name at the connect desk. So you're talking about praying God's word. Mm -hmm. Where else have you seen God's word influence your journey? Uh, I would say his word has shown both of us um, his character in incredible ways and how he longs to come and move through our marriage. Um, If you take a look at Isaiah 40, it's a great chapter loaded with such truth. It says, A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. And why does he ask us this? John mentions this in chapter 1 of the book of John. He's referring to Isaiah 40. Prepare the way. We are to prepare the way for the Lord to come ride in through our lives. Why does he want to do this? It's because he wants every valley to be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The, The rough ground shall become level. The rugged places a plain. Can you identify with any of that, with the problems? We we mentioned that list a while ago, some of the primary issues that we've seen in marriages. This is what he wants to do. He wants to come making a path, a highway through our lives. And if you move on in that chapter of Isaiah 40 and verse 28, it says, Do you not know? Have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? Do you not know? That was spoken thousands of years ago. But he's speaking that to you and to me today. Do you not know? Look at me. I am the one, as Isaiah 40 says, he holds the water in the palm. That's over 340 quintillion gallons of water in the earth, in the palm of his hand. And he is the one who takes his finger and measures off the heavens. This is the one that we can call to and say, God, I have these problems. We have these concerns. And you know what's incredible about that? He says in Isaiah 40, 31, if we can move on there, those who hope in the Lord. And that word hope has a literal meaning and it has a figurative meaning. And the literal meaning is to entwine to wrap yourself around like a rope. We have a picture of a rope I wanted them to put up. Yeah, it's like this. You take yourself and you're literally entwining around a rope. And so the, the, the other meaning means to wait. Hope is to wait, to expect, to anticipate. So when we take these two meanings and we apply them to our lives, to our marriages, we get the full meaning of what Isaiah forty thirty one really meant. It's as we wait on the Lord, as we anticipate, we take our lives, Kurt and myself, and we entwine ourselves around God. Do you know what happens? There is a shift there. The strength is not in our strength. It's not in what we can do. Suddenly, it transfers to this supernatural strength of the Almighty. And then what he says, he, get, he, he will renew their strength. There is a renewal. 
that takes place. And all of this, Jeff, comes from the Word of God. Where would we be without finding these truths from the Word of God? Yeah, I, I would say we have learned to pray together, mm-hmm. and we've learned to share Scripture with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, back in November, Danita's mother moved in with us, and so she lives with us now. And so every night she watches Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. So from 7 to 8 o'clock, that's her thing. And so that's when we pray. So Danita and I pray now every night between 7 and 8 o'clock. We'll be praying about something and we'll hear, can I buy a vow? I mean, it's hilarious. <laughs> but but it's, it's part of, it, it raises our faith. Mm-hmm. The Word of God and then praying together raises our faith. And so I think that's one of the most important skills and disciplines and I think it's awkward I think it's hard for couples to learn to pray together because you know everybody you know each other's junk you know each other's weaknesses you know each other's struggles and stuff but it's a game changer I appreciate those answers one last question for you Kurt we built a chapel as the body of Christ we have marriage Monday connect groups we have other connect groups focused on marriage why has Harborside taken such a strong approach to marriage. You know, God, God just overwhelmed us with his truth that as a church, you must stand for his word. And, and he's all about marriage. He's all about relationships. Again, there's singleness has some real advantages. Singleness has some perks. But if you're going to have children, it's within the confines of marriage. If you're going to have sexual relations, it's not outside of marriage. It's inside of marriage. And so as a church, we are never going to dumb down the Word of God. We will always teach you plan A, plan A, plan A, plan A, plan A, plan A. We will never teach you plan B. So as a church, we have a chapel that helps us to be able to articulate what's God's plan A for His his people. There's a a little verse in Ephesians chapter 5. It says, marriage is the beautiful design of the Almighty a great and sacred mystery meant to be a vivid example of Christ uh, and his church. And so as, as pastors, as elders, as staff, um, we are 100% behind God's plan A for marriage. And you mentioned Marriage Monday. And, and Marriage Monday is a great example of what's next. It's a, it's a, it's a context for couples. Couples have community. Couples can have community at whatever stages of life is Marriage Monday. It's with the Connect Group system that meets on Monday nights, um, 24 weeks out of the year. And what I like about Marriage Monday is, again, if 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 you're married without kids, there's a context for you there. If you're married and you're an empty nester, your kids are gone, there's a context. So there's all these different groups that meet together within Marriage Monday. Jeff, I think the answer is simply he has put that inside of us, and it is his good and perfect will. I think so. But let's move to communion, and we'd just love for you to get your communion elements, and we want to share in this time with you. Thank you, Jeff, so very, very much. Thank you. I'd love for us to look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. With that verse, it says, I'm fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, 
So what was that joy? What possible joy could that have been? That joy was you and you and you and you and and your marriage and your marriage and yours and yours. The joy of your marriage. He endured the cross. You know, you're not identified by your problems, your worst days, your shame. He doesn't look at you that way. He identifies you by what Jesus did for you on the cross. The joy set before him. God doesn't look at you and say, shame on you. Shame on you. How did you do that? How could you have done that? Rather, he says to you today, your shame is on my son. So we thank him that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross and the shame that he carried for us. So I want us to remember that right now. If you'll take your bread and your cup and let's pray for this together. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are the author and perfecter of our faith. And we come before you today thanking you that you're increasing our faith father thank you for the joy set before your son jesus as he looked at every person in this room every person that's watching online every person all over this world today for the joy set before you because of their lives you endured the cross we remember that And we say thank you. And it's in the wonderful name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. You are helping God accomplish his mission. You are helping us to equip people to mentor people, to train people. You're helping. You're doing a great work. You're doing a great job. Someday, many of you will be married. You'll be married in our chapel. Or we'll mentor you and it'll be somewhere else. I think my next two weddings, we're mentoring them. They're not even getting married here. So we're doing lots and lots of mentoring to equip people to prepare them. Will you stand with me? I want to pray for those of you that are married. Father, that you put your hand of favor on the couples today who are married and increase their faith and increase their ability to pray and read scripture together. Increase their ability to have tenacity to keep moving toward all the things that you have in store for them. I want to pray for all the people in the room that are single, but have a desire to be married that you will open that door for them at just the right time with just the right person and they will go about it in just the right way. I thank you, Father God, for all the couples that um, we're going to mentor this year and we're going to mentor next year. Whether they come to Harborside or not, it's not even the point. But allow us to be able to teach them your plan A for marriage. We say thank you for that. So God, thank you for the folks who provided for this and are providing for it. Thank you, God, that we can now 
continue to expand this ministry and reach more people here and locally, all over our country, and all over our world. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we do pray. Amen. 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 God bless you. God bless you. God bless you.